Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Welcome back, Sports to the Max. Al Nunes is our guest, former Gopher great. Storied career in business as well at Jostens and Beyond. Teaches a class at Hopkins High School for young African-American males about what life is really like and what they have to look forward to as they move on in their futures. And so very apropos that we visit with him on this MLK Day as we do each and every year. Al and I get together for this conversation, although we converse several times during the year. Uh, this is always one that I look forward to. Al, thank you for joining us. How you doing, Maxie? Good, man. I, I'm going to start. So, so, you know, MLK uh, to me is, um, I understand who he was, but he, he's this figure in black and white that I hear speaking because it was, you know, before, it wasn't before I was born, but it was when I was in my infancy years. And so I, I, I try to understand him as best I can from that, you know, from the images and from the newsreels that I see. And, and, and I often wonder though, cause I always think it's different to actually live through it. When you teach the kids at Hopkins High School, those young African American men that gather in your class, how do you explain MLK to them and, and, and how do you try to make sure that it resonates with them? Well, one, one of the things that I always try to explain is that one of the fundamental values of Dr. Martin Luther King's life and the movement of the, the, the followers, uh, what he tried to do was always teach his followers how to disagree with words and not with, uh, and with nonviolence. So, you know, th- those two things are key. You can always disagree, disagree with words, um, but uh, not with violence. You know, part of that, which is somewhat ironic, is, and it's a little bit um, a function of the media, is uh, until recently, I have to admit that I hadn't really thought about that. I'd heard about that, but maybe because I saw the George Floyd riots and I saw the difference between a peaceful protest and an unpeaceful protest. But when I think of Martin Luther King, I think about the way he died, which was violent. And then and then you think about you know some of the beatings and some of the things that happened and, and, and Rosa Parks and these things that, that, that were you know borderline or physical in, in nature. And, and, and I think what's important there and what you just said is uh, 
the boring and the mundane don't get covered. The effectiveness of uh, of a peaceful protest doesn't get as much coverage as bloodshed, does it? No, you're you're right. You're right. <clears throat> and one of the things you know that uh, that probably people don't talk enough about is that in order for you to be become a follower of the uh, of the Martin Luther King movement, um, you have to attend classes and, and, and sessions and understand. Um, how the peaceful movement of Gandhi was all about, what it was all about. So you took, I mean, did everybody take classes from her era, or how did it work? No, I'm just saying that um, when you wanted to be a follower of that, because it was nonviolent, so it, it was part of the training, the classes and sessions, to understand Gandhi's whole approach on nonviolence. Because it took a lot. You think about it. The number of people that followed the movements and were, and were in, the, in the, the marches, they were nonviolent. And they took people spitting on them. They took dogs put on them. Uh, people being hit with bricks and all kinds of things. But they were nonviolent. Yeah, I, I worry a little bit, Al, when I think of the George Floyd riots and protests that lost in that. Yes, and, and, and as you know, and there were some violence to it. And they beat buildings, they burned down a precinct, and all that stuff. But lost in that, and I'm speaking for being on the streets most nights, was uh, the civility of most of the protests. And and the the best part of it to me was it was the open dialogue and conversation uh, that was being had between folks. And I hope that that's not lost in what happened during the Floyd episode. It was it was the, the the greatest um uh progress that we made was in the opening of conversation not in the burning down of buildings do you understand what i'm saying yeah i I do i do understand but also understand that at the same time the martin luther king movement was going on there was a stokely carmichael movement going on too where people that weren't willing to turn the other cheek Yep. So, you know, you've got both those movements, and, 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 and you have two types of people following it. And how did those two coexist? Were they, were they rivals? Were they enemies of? How, how did they, did, did they work in concert or in contrast all the time? What was that like? That, that had to be a, a very interesting time for black America, because uh, the followers of Martin Luther King, obviously, uh, had been working at this for some time uh, with the nonviolence. <clears throat> and the TV, you could see uh, people spitting on kids, uh, people throwing rocks at them, sicking dogs on them. And there's a segment of a black population that says, oh, no, no, I, I can't do that. That's not going to happen to me. I am not going to take that. And that's where the Stokely Carmichael uh, movement started. Um, they just weren't willing to turn the other cheek, um, uh, you know. But they didn't have the influence. They didn't have the the power uh, that the Martin Luther King movement had. 
Al Nunes is our guest, so we talk basketball with him. We talk about all kinds of different things. Now, the, the following question I'm going to ask you really it doesn't have a lot of merit. It's almost like a sports question. We say who is the all-time best quarterback, and then we argue about it, and then nobody you know comes to a conclusion because it's really insignificant because <laughs> there's so many good quarterbacks out there. Who cares who's the best quarterback, right, to an extent? Martin Luther King, and I don't want to say this as versus Barack Obama because that would mean that they were competing against each other, and obviously they weren't. But in terms of impact and providing hope and motivation, which one resonates more with the young people that, that, that you talk to from the African-American community, and why? Well, you've got to understand, it's almost like sports. It's different times, different uh, eras, when people were, uh, were playing different sports. It's the same thing as true here today. It's a different era. Um, I'm sure, there's no doubt in my mind, that with young people today, that Barack Obama uh, probably sticks higher with them. Um, can he, they can relate to him a lot more than they can uh, to Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King was the, <clears throat> the movement of my generation. We're the ones that cling to that and understand that. We're the ones that, that paid the price, that took the lumps, that took the dog bites. Um, though, our generation did that. The generation today benefits from that, but they also benefit from someone like Barack Obama, who all of a sudden they can see themselves in in a position to be president. And, and, and you really probably can't have Barack without Martin Luther King, right? I mean... No, you can't. Yeah. No, you can't. Yeah. Hey, can you stand with us through a quick break? Sure. I, I, I want to ask you about how, how it's changed teaching a class like that and being around those young people over the last couple of years here in Minnesota. And I got Al Nunes on. We got to talk some gopher basketball. He was a gopher great. Harvey McKay went and recruited him when nobody said they could land Al Nunes. Harvey found a way. I'll ask him about that story, too, when we come back on Sports to the Max. Al Nunes is our guest, former gopher great and beyond. Um don't do it justice if you say he was a former gopher great because he's done so much more in this community than just that. Al, take me back, though. Um, as the story goes, as I've heard, as it's been passed down, and we're telling a lot of those right now, uh, they say, uh, we want to go get Al Nunes. And they say, you're never going to get Al Nunes. There's no way you're going to get him to come to Minnesota to play basketball. And they say, send Harvey. What does that mean? Well, that means Harvey McKay is coming out to pay a visit. Explain what happened, because the way that it's told to me is they weren't even on your radar. <laughs> well, you know, the interesting interesting thing about it is that <clears throat> I had basically uh, verbally committed to, uh, to Iowa yeah. and was supposed to be at the Iowa I banquet, um, and they were going to announce that, uh, that I was signing with Iowa. Harvey McKay called um, uh, the house and wanted to speak to uh, my parents and me and, and asked if he, he said he knew about that, but he wanted to come by and, and, and speak to me anyway. So I said, fine. We said, fine. And, and uh, so he did. Uh, you know, I'm at the park playing ball and this limousine pulls up at our house and Harvey McKay hops out and, you know, I go home and we sit down and and it was a good business discussion that that rarely people talk about today. Uh, he had Life Magazine with him, and he talked about opportunity uh, for people of color um, in, in the Twin Cities. 
He talked about business opportunity, and he talked about quality of life. And, and in a nutshell, um, <clears throat> when, when he finished talking about those different ideas and opportunities for people in the Fortune 500 companies um, in, uh, in the Twin Cities, um, he, he asked me, he said, uh, well, when are you leaving uh, to, to go back uh, to the I-Banquet? And my mom said he's not. <laughs> he's not going to any eye banquet. <laughs> no, no, my mom said he's not, and, and that was the end of that story. So, you know, uh, hey, when mom speaks, mom knows best. So, and it's worked out very well for me, obviously. Well, uh, you, and you did. I mean, you converted career, your so. basketball career into a a, a career. And, and that's what right. we talk about in theory all the time. Uh, some take advantage of that. Some do not. It's really the bottom line, isn't it, Al? I mean, everybody's got absolutely. that opportunity, and some choose to take advantage of it, and some do not. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, the bottom line was is that, um, you know, I finished my degree. And uh, the fact that uh, I played in the Twin Cities, people people recognized the name, people knew who I was, and uh, it was it was a lot easier interviewing in an area that you made your career in playing sports than, uh, you know, going somewhere else. Like a lot of the, my friends uh, that went to Iowa and went to other places uh, and then moved to the Twin Cities, they didn't have that. They weren't as fortunate as I was. Yep, and, and uh, I know it's hard for a 17-, 18-year-old to, to be able to see that, but um, it's there. It's there if you're fortunate enough to get that opportunity. Now, now Minnesota, uh, having lived here as long as you have, um, and I look at the Gopher basketball program that ties into you. And um, Ben Johnson is is the new head coach and someone that you know well and, and we've all known for a long time, you know, going back to his days at De La Salle for most of us. Uh, and, and people talked about a young African-American coach and I say, in Minnesota being that. And I go, you know, Minnesota has probably led the way in African-American coaches from the standpoint that Jimmy Williams, by default, but he was the head coach at one point in time, and then it was Clem Haskins and, and Tubby Smith and now Ben Johnson. Um, does that say something good to you about Minnesota and the way they view things? Is, is it just a, a question of whoever was the most qualified at that time? How does that resonate with you? Well, you know, um, that that all sounds good, but... The real answer to this is that Ben Johnson was qualified, completely qualified to, for this job. And he happens to be um, a golden dunker. I mean, not a golden dunker, but he happens to be uh, uh, a graduate of the University of Minnesota. And he happened to have grown up in Minnesota, went to high school here. So the coaches all know him. Uh, it's, it's, it's a positive positive relationship and the good thing about it if you watch what uh, what has been transpiring there um with ben he is not only a great coach but he's a great teacher uh you just watch his motions on the floor um he's done a tremendous job people don't realize how tough a job that is because he lost 10 scholarship athletes 10 no one in the country lost that many. He lost a couple more before yesterday's game, too. Well, exactly. I mean, so you think of it. Look at the, just look at what has happened. Look at the way they played Michigan State the first time, and then look at the way they played them the second time. 
Look at the way they, they started against Wisconsin. Uh, not Wisconsin, but uh, Iowa. Uh, not Iowa. Well, Iowa know. yesterday, yeah, they didn't start yeah. well, and they came back and made quite a right. game of it. But they've had several like that. Exactly. So, I mean, it's, it's, you can see the teaching that's happening on the floor. He's done, he's done a great job, and he's put together a great staff. And I just want and hope that people are patient and give him the full benefit of um, being able to recruit his own players in there and uh, get that program back on, on track. Because one of the things that we've got to remember is that Jim Dutcher and Clem Haskins didn't have a whole lot of uh, five-star athletes. What they did have was the ability to teach up and coach up those players. Um, if you were, to, this is a really interesting question that we're all coming to grasp with. If you were sitting with Ben and he said, "Give me a half hour on what you think will take us to the next level," because obviously they've been close in these Big Ten games without winning, and obviously that has to do with personnel. Would you favor go get the best high school players you can get, or in this day and age, would Al Nunes say? Boy, this transfer portal, um, especially if you're a Big Ten team and there's all these mid-majors that are serving as junior colleges for you, you know, it's, it's never been as uh, uh, fruitful as it is right now. What would you tell him? How would you advise him to go about building that program now that the transfer portal is a part of it? Well, I, I would simply say if, if, in fact, we have a quality player within the state of Minnesota, a uh, high school player, uh, we have to go after that player. But I would, I would look at a broad recruiting approach. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't walk away from a junior college player, and I wouldn't walk away from uh, the portal. Uh, I think he has to use all of those to get back on track. Because, the, you know, people aren't going to give you a long time to build the program back up. So you can't just build the program, rebuild the program on simple high school uh, players, you can't. You've got to use that broader approach. Now, now you've got a son coaching down in Baylor, the national champions, uh, and they got a brown kid from up here playing for him. And you had uh, Freddie Gillespie, who I had last uh, week, another Eastridge kid, of course, who's got an amazing story. How is Baylor doing it right now? Philosophically, where are they at with it? I think they're doing the same thing, just what I just said. They, you know, they're using the portal. Uh, they also used uh, junior college. Uh, they've had some junior very success with junior college, and they've also gotten uh, very limited. But they do have a few five star players. But those kids are built. They build that team with two second, uh, two stars, three stars, four star players, and they wait their time. Yeah, and they've got patience, you're saying, which is unusual yes, in this day. Yes, okay. they their time. Last question for you, Al. As you and I talk, it's an ever-evolving conversation. What has changed in the last couple of years, in other words, since George Floyd, uh, what has changed in the um, uh, the intellect or the understanding that these kids that you mentor, uh, how they feel about themselves and how they feel about where they live because of those riots and what's happened over the last couple of years, how, how has that 18-year-old, how does he look different today than he did five years ago? That's, that's a real tough question because COVID has really, oh, really know. damaged uh, a lot of what uh, – a lot of the conversations you'd like to have with them, right, to find out where they're at. Oh, 
Yes, that's exactly right. You got to remember these the kids that are sophomores and juniors today in high school have been out of school for two years. Uh, it's Basically, awful. I, I, I have kids that are, in, and, and you're going, <laughs> I, 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 I want to apologize to them because I can't give them the experience they deserve. Exactly. They've been out of school. So it's almost like learning all over again. Maxie, we have not had our, our, our program at Hopkins in two years uh. because we haven't been able, you can't do the kind of program that we were doing with kids online it doesn't work no no i mean i mean you you want them to maybe read some things and whatnot but the whole idea is the interaction right right and them listening to other people and being able to to talk to uh, well, other people and you and, being and, able and to and read their body reading. language and, and wake them up if you don't like what you're seeing right yeah so it's been it's been just it's just been terrible uh on on, on the kids and the, and the teachers yeah, I hear you. I hear you. One step at a time, I guess. Huh? But it's always good to visit with you, my friend, and, and and get perspectives on all of the above. We could go all night, I know. Uh, but I sure appreciate it, especially on this day. Hey, go Gophers. You got it. Al Nunes, nice enough to join us. Harvey McKay brings a Life magazine and a limo. Who else could figure out a way to pull a kid away from Iowa? Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.